0: This is Makeshift Media, the podcast dedicated to embracing fearless creativity to support mental and spiritual well-being. I'm Anna, an intuitive guide specializing in tarot and hypnotherapy. In this space, we gather between the magic and the messes, encouraging one another to start before we're ready and figure it out along the way.
1: okay, why did I choose to be a human? Because being a human is like painful and messy. And some of us are not here for good and peace and love and all of that stuff. And that's why, that's why, because that helper part of me, that's like a core part of this spirit and it's not going to go away. And so I've had to constantly figure out, how to balance that need to be a healer and a helper with the grief of being a human. We're really living in a time where there is this awakening happening where people are really looking for seeking and tuning into their own it's all inside of us. You know, it's mm-hmm. not this great beyond it's right it's right here right in front of us. So, we just have to be open to it. They're going to keep doing it until you pay attention. And you know for some people maybe that won't ever happen but every one of us has guides that are working sending us signs daily.
0: Heather Fiszynski is an evidential medium and intuitive life coach based in Pittsburgh. Our conversation begins with a live mediumship reading in which Heather connected me to my maternal grandparents. The words and images they shared have been ringing in my head ever since. Oof. Anna,
1: a bit. people are ready. So I, I think we should just get started, and then hopefully the video will catch up. I can hear okay. you. Um, so I mean, that's kind of the most important part to you know. We're connecting. Yeah. Our energy is connecting, and your, uh, your people are definitely <laughs> there. They are ready. So before we start, we're going to do some um, deep cleansing <laughs> breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. I ask everyone would like to who's watching this live or in the replay if you want to do that for yourself um, it helps us and then I want to make sure that I have your permission to connect with your spirit guides and any loved ones who would like to connect with you for your highest good this morning awesome okay let's do some breathing So first, I do want to say that this morning on my walk, I your I think your grandparents were with me. First, your grandmother, and then I felt a male presence. So I feel like I have your grandparents with me. And I am su- I know you posted about your grandmother, but I wasn't sure if you're a grandfather. And I, I believe that they are, like, together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm just going to get quiet for a little bit and close my eyes and just see what what they would like to share. I really feel like your grandmother is going to be the talker. Here. <laughs> um, is that, was that pretty much how things worked when they were Earthside.
0: Well, my grandfather passed away before I was born. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know him as well, but okay. my grandmother definitely had a very strong personality. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's, she was, I felt her last night. And then this morning again, she was like, okay, I just want to let you know <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs>
0: That sounds like her.
1: <laughs> just that, like, checking in. I'm like, I yeah, yeah, I know. That's great. It's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just going to get quiet and see. <sighs> okay. So you'll have to tell me if this resonates with you. But she's showing me, like, a porcelain-painted face that's almost like what I feel like would be, like, a comedy tragedy, like, those kind of faces. And there are, like, a Mardi Gras thing. And it's it has, like, ribbons tied to it. It would be something that would maybe, like, hang on the wall. Or, like, she's showing me, like, a china cabinet that has a lot of... It has some dishes in it, but it also has, like, a lot of treasures in it.
0: So... I think that she had a cabinet like that. I would have to ask my mom for sure, but I think she had a cabinet like that. Okay. She was, I was probably like 7 when she passed away, so okay.
1: Yeah, I she's just kind of showing me there are porcelain figurines and I feel like maybe souvenirs from from trips that either she took or that were gifted to her. Mm-hmm. Um so, and it's interesting because a lot of times when grandmothers come through, they're in my grandmother's house, which is a way to show me that, that that's who they are. But also they're showing me kind of, like she's showing me things that they would have had in common, like this collecting of things. Does, does your mom have a lot of siblings?
0: Um, yeah, she has three.
1: Okay, yeah, because I get the sense that this was like a an active house. Like there were a lot of people in the house, and it, and that was a good thing. Like there was a lot of laughing. She's showing me like, um, you know, special meals where <laughs> everyone is gathering, and there's just tons of food
0: everyone's laughing, everyone's, everyone's chair is really close together. (laughs) We used to have family dinners there and it would be our extended family. So there probably wouldn't have been a lot of space, but we used to always like have Easter's there and we're coming up on Easter. So,
1: okay. Yeah. I, I'm getting, yeah, I'm seeing everybody as many chairs as can possibly fit at the table. (laughs) And then there are people with plates on their knees and, you know, everybody's just like finding Yeah, just everyone, I'm sorry, I just want to apologize to your grandmother (laughs) for all the interruptions. There's just like a lot of joy in her house. So she, she does want to acknowledge the Easter celebrations. I'm seeing like lots of Easter baskets with the plasticky grass in it (laughs) and deviled eggs and just like a copious amount of food. Like every surface in the house has something to eat or something that's about to be prepared to put in the oven. I'm seeing little like hot crust buns with, I don't know if they're cloves on them. I don't know if that's something that she either liked to make or really liked to eat, which I get the sense maybe that's more so. Was she somebody who loved sweets? Do you know?
0: Um, I think so. I remember we would, like, bring donuts to her house sometimes <laughs> on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And- she, 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 <laughs> she, she was, was like, why are you interrupting days. my morning? But she was <laughs> glad that we were
1: there. Yes. Yes. Oh, and so right now she's showing me little you coming <laughs> into the kitchen. And you're, like, very proudly presenting these donuts to her. And then she, you, like... I see her kind of like pulling you in for a hug, but also did you love to sit on her lap? Like to be like in the action
0: with her. That's one of the photos that I had out this morning is me as a baby on her
1: lap. Okay. I'm seeing you too. As like, even like when you, you, it was maybe not as comfortable for her (laughs) because you weren't little (laughs) bitty, but that was like, that was a spot that, it was kind of a coveted spot to sit on her lap and just a place where you felt really safe and just like ensconced in in love. That's just the feeling that I'm getting. And so I, I see her like taking your little hands and, you know, she's showing me like maybe rolling some dough or like you have a crayon in your hand and she's kind of like has her hand over your hand and is drawing Mm -hmm. with you. Um, Yeah. She, she was a really, like you had a short amount of time with her this time, she says, because I'm getting the sense from her that, you know, the two of you, there is this silver, um, rope Mm -hmm. or, uh, It's like a, I want to say like a cosmic spiritual connection. Like this is not your first time being on this earth together. Like you always find each other, either you're related through your family, like your literal ancestral connection, or there's, but there's also this lineage between you. And sometimes you're, the mom or grandmother or aunt or (laughs) sister and sometimes she is and sometimes you're not even women and so this is like your connection was really strong with her even at that young age um because it wasn't the first time okay so I want to check in with you too and make sure that if you have any questions for her that we are asking those or for your grandfather who I still feel is kind of in the background a little bit. He's, yeah. he's more here. I feel like he's here for moral support. Like he just wants to, you know, add his energy, but he, he definitely is like the quieter of the two. Yeah.
0: Um, I guess I, I would want to know how they're doing the two of them because from my understanding, they, Maybe towards the end of their lives they had some times where they weren't as happy together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I get the sense that they are okay together. Like that a lot of the unhappiness was caused by kind of like human concerns, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they and and now like I get the sense that, like, when they were first, when they were young and they first met and, like, in the, like, I would say maybe first half of their time together, it was, like, a pretty happy, joyful time. They felt very connected. There was stress. There was a lot of, like, just life stress around money and, you know, like, work stuff and, like, your grandmother feeling, like, overwhelmed sometimes with, you know, being the primary caretaker for the kids and the house and him. And, um, and so the, I get the sense from her that like, she there, it was really tough. She was a little bit relieved because he passed like young for a grandparent. Right. And, but then she, she, like, I think I want to say that she sort of made some peace with him. And I. she's telling me like that she would talk to him a lot, like after he passed. And so that distance of her being alive after him and then coupled with this kind of like washing away, which I've described before. And I see, they show me this so often of like when they pass through the veil and it's almost like, you know, she's showing me almost like a wall of like, shimmery water kind of where as she passes through it, like all of the hard things are like, just like the, I want to say bullshit of like <laughs> being a human, just like literally just like stays over here. And then she's coming through on the other side. He's waiting for her. You know, he's, he's waiting for her on the other side. And it's just like, love, peace, for like deep forgiveness. And really like she's showing me like they just kind of like when she first passed, like when they first were reunited, like they just like melded together. So she says to answer your question, honey, we're, we're great. (laughs) 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 And you know that they are, she's saying you know like that her mother was there 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 was like great uh, like just huge a huge feeling of peace and relief and no fear at all no anger no hurt it all really there's it's like she's telling me she passed through that wall and and it was just like all of it was just washed away just like immediate peace And all the pain of humanness is just left here. Okay. So do you have anything else? I, I do. I really quick, I just want to say, because she's like, really wants me to say this. She, she loves you so, so much. She's really proud of you. She's really proud of like how you have stepped into your power. That's, Yes. That, and that is, that's a really like keep doing it is what she's telling me. Like keep, keep, keep embracing it. Don't shy away from it. Thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. This was a beautiful experience. And, um, I think that we should leave it on (laughs) this
1: note. I agree. I want to thank your grandparents. I'm getting a little squeeze feeling from your grandmother. I feel like I want to introduce her to my grandmother. I think they would really enjoy
0: each other. I love that idea. (laughs) So we just had our reading, which (laughs) was really incredible, and I can't wait to do it again.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah, thank you. We had some technical difficulties, but your people were they're like, let's come on, we got to plow through this. So
0: mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they would not be deterred.
0: If I know my grandma, she'd be like, let's get this over with so I can go back to my coffee. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> Isn't this a little early? I did get this sense from her like that it was a little early. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> she was not a morning person. I would spend weekends at her house and she would buy those little boxes of cereal for me
1: mm-hmm. so the that in, I could- individual-
0: Yes, so that I could get up and make myself breakfast and she could sleep in.
1: Very smart. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you said they had kind of come to visit you on your walk this morning, and it sounds like that happens quite frequently when you know you're about to do a reading. It does.
1: First, I want to say I do put up some protections in place. Essentially, an energetic closed sign, but I realized that I was getting kind of like a confirmation visit maybe. Sometimes it happens the night before when I'm getting ready to fall asleep because I'm, you know, very relaxed and, and it's always like with this loving energy and it's with this excited energy. So I did, your grandmother kind of popped in as I was getting, you know, cozy, ready to go to sleep last night. And she was just kind of expressing like, I'm here. I'm the one who's going to be there tomorrow. And i <laughs> you know, I'm really excited. And, and then I said, okay, great. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, I mean, obviously this is all in my mind that I'm saying this, Mm -hmm. but then this morning when I was on, I was walking my dog and I just felt like both of them were walking with me Mm -hmm. and I felt her first. And then I felt a distinctly male presence and they were just, you know, it was just like they just like couldn't wait kind of, but also I did get the sense like 10 a.m. Really? Like we're doing this at 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, now I'm kind of worried if it doesn't happen, oh, really? the, the check-in. Yeah, I'll, I'll be, you know, I mean, I do have to, otherwise I would never sleep if I didn't kind of set those boundaries and protections for myself so that I can, I mean, even now, Anna, I feel like they're still kind of hanging out with us. Like I feel that th- the vibration, sort of like buzzy energy. So, yeah, I do enjoy getting those check-ins. It's like almost like you know how you get an email confirmation that your appointment is coming. Like mm-hmm. it's they're giving confirmation <laughs> of like, okay, yes, we we have confirmed this appointment. We will be there, and we're very much looking
0: forward to it. So. I think my mom was actually able to join for part oh, life yay. too. I asked that question at the end because I think that was always of some concern to her. Mm-hmm. Like she had recently shown me some letters that she had exchanged with her dad, like realizing that maybe they weren't happy and that was really hard for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, I think
1: it's hard just to know that your parents aren't like doing well, like yeah. with each other. But I really, I mean, I very much got the sense that they were together now and that the issues that they had were distinctly human issues, if that makes sense. they Like on a soul level, that love was always there, but there, there was just this like noise around them that was affecting how they interacted with each other. Yeah. And they just didn't have the tools to l- navigate that. If that makes uh, sense.
0: it does make a lot of sense based on what the little I know about their relationship. That was wonderfully generous of you to share your energy like this with folks. I had my friend watching, and she said that it was the anniversary of her grandmother's passing, mm-hmm. and so this meant a lot for her. And I yes. felt the same way last week, seeing your guest talking to her grandmother.
1: Yeah, th- I mean, I think. You know, so much of why I feel called to do this work literally like my entire life when I knew like that you could have a job, I I I just couldn't figure out what it was. I knew that I wanted to do something that was helpful, that helped people. And then later I learned that I wanted that to be something that was helping people to heal. And so that was why I got my life coaching certification because I found a program that was really about transformational life coaching like
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: starting from within and healing to transform your life and then transform the world and and right as I finished that certification this ability like I I had an inkling I I have had many experiences throughout my life that I always just chalked up to serendipity or coincidence or, you know, oh, that's, you know, that's weird. That was unexpected. Or that feeling of like knowing that something was going to happen or knowing something about someone else, just thinking like, oh, I'm just like a very intuitive person. That's, you know, that's all me. Mm -hmm. And then realizing, you know, in the last year and a half or so that, It wasn't all me (laughs) that I have a whole team of, you know, guides that are whispering in my ear and, you know, pushing me in these different ways. And so to kind of circle back to what you were saying about other people watching, when I started doing the lives, it was more like, I want to show people what this is about, like, so that they know what to expect but then immediately i realized that it was having this healing effect not only on the person that i was reading for but for people that are watching it because they're i don't know if it opens something in them that helps them to even if it's unconsciously connect to those people that like you were saying you know i i'm watching you connect with your grandmother it's making me feel more connected with my grandmother mm-hmm. so you know it's still kind of new but i the healing aspect of it for for the sitter for me and also for the people that are watching is it's really powerful and it really confirms for me that this is exactly what I should be doing like it took yeah. me a while to get here but i think i needed to you know do my own healing and learning and be someone who was more comfortable in their skin and have more humility because if i was like 23 i would have been like i'm all powerful <laughs> you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't have had the humility to recognize that it's it's not just me i mean i feel like i do have a strong ability that is part of me but it is informed by all these other entities you know these other energies that are behind the scenes that are way more more powerful, more knowing, more everything than I am as human Heather.
0: Yeah. We were speaking about this recently, the importance of Mm self-doubt. And I think you said humility in doing spiritual work, in doing healing work. How does that play a role in the work that you do as a medium?
1: I mean, obviously, I had a lot of doubt for a long time, even when I felt, oh, I've really connected with someone who has passed. I still was, this is just my imagination. This is wishful thinking or it couldn't be more than just my brain having a good time or whatever. And so one of the things that is kind of like a touchstone for me is before I started reading and then after I'm connecting with my guides. I have a team who I cannot do this without them. And they are just as this is my purpose, their purpose is to help me do this work. You know, when that self-doubt comes in, I just realize like, this is not just you. You have this support system that is really the driving force. And so as long as I can connect with them, I'm not alone. Because if I was just trying to do this on my own, I don't think it would work. I mean, I don't think that it's just Heather that is doing this work. We're partners, and it is possible because of that connection.
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. It reminds me of uh, oftentimes in the readings that I've seen, you say that you can – the the love that the the family member – is trying to share with the person you're doing the reading for, you can feel it as well. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll feel like a physical, like your grandmother, I felt like her arms around me, like sweet, giving me a squeeze. It's a really nice side, side yeah. bonus to be able to, you know, I was really very close with my grandmother. She's with me while I'm doing this work. And I feel like I attract people who want to connect with their grandparents because of that connection that Mm. I have with her, because so much of like the symbology, like I was saying, like we're in my grandmother's house, but your grandmother is showing me the things that resonate for her. And so it wasn't exactly my grandmother's house, but she's part of that.
0: Yeah. When you were talking about kind of how you work through self-doubt and recognizing that it's not just you doing this work, you have a whole team behind you. Tell me about the process of going from, oh, these are just coincidences. This is just, as you said, my brain having fun to Mm -hmm. really trusting and embodying this gift that you have and deciding to collaborate with this team of guides that are with Mm -hmm. you. So initially I had a reading with Aaron Lee
1: of Healing Center DC, which is where my work home is, I guess and she's a light worker she's an energy healer she's a medium but she really tends to connect first with your guides and so my grandmother was there but it it's because she is now been added to my guide team mm-hmm. so you know aaron was the one who was like you know <laughs> you have this ability and she described like this crystal tower that was sort of like i was inside of and it was this direct connection and you know at the time i was like i'm really here just to talk to my my grandmother and my dad and and so i it kind of was like well i don't even know what that means and i felt compelled to buy a rose quartz tower i the reading was at ceremonial which is my and many Pittsburghers metaphysical (laughs) home, you know, where we all connect and gather when gathering was a thing, which it Mm -hmm. will be again. So I didn't really know what to do with that information. So I, I had maybe a month before completed a meditation workshop that was eight weeks long, but it was more, it wasn't like a spiritual workshop. It was literally meditation for stress reduction. But during that class, I had an experience where I, we were meditating just quietly. We had to picture, you know, like our happy place. (laughs) And I was sitting on a beach with a full moon and my grandmother came and sat down next to me. And I mean, I felt her, I felt like the weight of her body pushing against me. I heard her voice. It was not my thoughts. And when we were done, I was just like in tears. And I thought that felt really, really real. And that felt like a place that I can go back to whenever I want. So that was kind of the first inkling. And then I met Erin. She told me these things. And I I still was like, I don't really know what to do with this. It just felt a little overwhelming. And then COVID hit. So a year ago, and it just kind of went dark for me. Like I had started my life coaching training. So mentally that was where all of my sort of brain energy was going to learning all these concepts and practicing and, and all of that. But the stress of lockdown, the uncertainty, and then also having the president that we had, I felt very blocked by my own anxiety. And so I still kept trying. I kept trying to, I kept meditating, but I didn't feel that light that I was feeling before. And I wasn't able to connect with my grandmother in the same way. And then like literally a day after the election, I was taking a shower and my mother's cousin, who I adored, had passed away maybe a day or two before.
0: Wow.
1: And if any of her family members are listening to this, this will be the first time that they've heard this story. I was in the shower and I was doing that thing where I was just like child's pose in the shower, just letting the water run over me. We were still waiting for the election results. So I was feeling like a little bit anxious about that. And my mom's cousin was like, you know, very anti-Trump. So that would be like a thing that we had in common. And she just Came to me, and she was like, "I'm okay. I'm with my parents. I mean, I'm seeing all of this in my mind's eye, and you know, and they're cracking jokes and laughing and reminding me of this story of when her mother, my aunt Margaret, my great aunt Margaret, passed away. At her funeral, they sang Ave Maria, which is like the the standard Catholic funeral song, and it's always like beautiful, and I always cry, and there was a woman sitting behind me who had like a gorgeous soprano voice and she was singing along and my mother was sitting in front of me in the pew in front of me. And when the song was over, she turned around and she was like, was that you singing? And if you know me, the answer is no. Like I I cannot sing at all. And I just looked at her and I was like, "Mm -hmm. yeah, that was me. And so Aunt Margaret brought that up, and <laughs> uh, and we you know I kind of laughed, and then, yeah, so at this point, i didn't know how Deb is her name, my mom's cousin, how she had passed away, mm. just that she had an accident, and so she showed me what happened. It was an accident. she <clears throat> fell and hit her head on the counter, and just it was very quick, and she's like, and I'm fine now, please, just you know check in with my kiddos sometimes. And, you know, she has a grandchild who she absolutely adored. And so she just wanted me to like, you know, make sure and like send love to them. And then I found out maybe three days later that that was exactly how she passed away. And so that for me was the moment where I was just like, okay, I can't deny this. As soon as I got out of the shower, I, I went and told my husband, Justin, I was like, I just had this vision. I don't know if it's real, but I'm going to tell it to you so that when we find out what happened, you can tell me, yes Heather, this is what you told me. So then of course I got on the phone with Aaron and I was like, um okay. <laughs> I think I think that something's happening here. And then from there it just like went really quickly. It was like the opening. It was as if Deb was saying like, I know you can do this. So you need to be doing this. You know, this is this is a gift that you have and you need to grow it. So, I was invited randomly by someone that I didn't know to join a mediumship circle, which is just a practice circle where volunteers come and sit and let you practice and I was really nervous to practice with another person because I had only ever practiced sort of alone. Mm-hmm. Also, I do want to say one thing about practicing alone, and you should not do that in the shower.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask about that because I know that there was definitely a learning process for you about connecting in the shower or in the bath.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't do that. You can connect with your guides there, but it's such a vulnerable position to be like, you know, naked, naked. And water for me is very conductive. And so I meditate almost always in the tub if I can, but that's just to connect with my guides or just to meditate, you know? And I didn't realize that I shouldn't be doing that. And Erin found out and she was like, oh, that is a bad idea. (laughs) That is, that's, it's just too vulnerable. And actually, I don't know if I told you about this, but I was meditating in the tub. I was (laughs) channeling in the tub and just... Friends would say to me, "You know, will you see if you can connect with my grandmother or can you uh, you know see if you can connect with this person?" So I would say, like, Well, let me wait till I'm in the tub to do it. Well, then our tub started leaking a lot. There was a waterfall of water in our basement, and it it was the same day that our friend was coming to take a look at it, and Aaron happened to be in town, so we did mm-hmm. like a socially distanced fire outdoor chat and I was telling her about it and she was like,
0: Heather, (laughs) don't do that anymore. That's why your tub is, is not happy. I imagine that's one of those things that in years past you might have seen as a coincidence or just something funny that happened. Right. But yeah, she was like, fix your tub and then never do that again.
1: So, (laughs) so, and the pipe actually was just crumbled so we had to have a plumber come and, yeah. and was like the pipe just fell apart in my hands, which I don't think pipes generally do, but I'm also not a licensed professional plumber. So
0: I'm not either. Um, yeah. yeah I so I, I would just say,
1: <laughs> don't, don't do that. If you are someone who is just coming into mediumship or connecting, it's okay. You know, to do that with your guides. The tub is like a mm-hmm. wonderful place for that kind of work. And water in general, if you're a water person, I'm a Taurus, which doesn't really make sense that I'm such a water baby, but yeah.
0: What's your moon and rising? If you feel comfortable sharing, I,
1: I want to say Virgo,
0: Virgo, moon or rising.
1: Okay, you know what? I know this because of my app. <laughs> yes, which app do you use? I have like seven on my phone. Oh, yes, you know what? I might have deleted the one that had that on it because. I was reading something that it, it kind of like shames and blames. Co star?
0: Yeah. Co star? <laughs> uh, I really enjoy the Channy app. Okay, I don't have that one. It's wonderful. You can see her whole chart, and she is so, the way that she does astrology is so empowering and it's also very politically minded
1: that's what I need. How do you Social justice
0: that? oriented. So the app is literally just C-H-A-N-I. Okay. We're actually reading her book this month in my coven. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's called You Were Born for This. Like even the title, Astrology oh for my Radical gosh. Self-Acceptance. And I think it, she starts out the book with saying like, make this commitment to yourself now that your understanding of your chart will change as you learn more about it that nothing yeah. about this is fixed and it's not telling you who you are necessarily. It's it's showing you like how you can grow. Mm-hmm. And it's an invitation to develop a relationship with yourself over time.
1: Yeah. I That resonates so deeply with me. I think about yeah. human design. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, a really wonderful friend of mine introduced me to it about yeah. a year and a half or so ago. And so I tried to do some research and I was like, this isn't another language. This is like an algebra, <laughs> you know, like it just, it didn't make any sense to me, but I remember thinking, I bet there, that there will be a time where I will understand this. And then a year after that, I went to a free human design lecture and I was like, oh, this makes this is making more sense. It's yes. still like there's still an algebra element to it for me. I haven't fully immersed myself in it, but I do see that as I grow and you know, I'm exposed to different things that my understanding starts to grow to with things like that. So the same with astrology. I I really don't know a whole whole lot about it. I'm fascinated by it, but it also feels very much like the a math. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) which for me is
1: oh no (laughs) yeah
0: you really read my mind because that is I believe something that your mentor Erin kind of shared with you too about how you would engage in ongoing growth and learning
1: yes as a medium yeah I remember especially in the beginning I was like okay I just need a list of books podcasts and you know whatever else i need to read and just consume it all so that i can know everything and you know just step fully into my role as a medium and she was like that's not how it works and
0: <laughs> and
1: um you know basically told me that as you are ready for that information it will come you know and And I found that to be true, that as I was ready to sort of learn more about human design, this free workshop popped into my email. And I was like, okay, well, it's free. I'll go. And then that the woman who ran that workshop, which I wish I could remember her name, she recommended this book called Understanding Human Design by Karen Curry. And I hadn't ever seen that book when I started kind of researching it the year before. Mm -hmm. And that book made so much sense to me. So, you know, people coming in, like meeting you, for example, being invited to that mediumship circle by someone who I just happened to comment on something in like a public Facebook group. Mm
0: -hmm. She just
1: saw something and was like, you should come to this. So just really trusting that as that information needs to be known by me that it will come to me in a way that I will be able to digest it and use it for my highest good and for my clients' highest good and to help heal the world hopefully mm-hmm. and that's really at the root of this work for me or like this calling is in my life coaching certification program one of the facilitators said something about life coaching but I think really applies here too is we can change the world one interaction at a time with one person at a time because then they go out and it's that ripple effect and so that has really pushed me into this one-on-one work and less into i'm not going to say that i would never do it but i don't at this point i don't see myself like wanting to have like More of like the traditional marketing stuff that we see, you know, challenge groups and, you know, join my 30 day whatever. And I really am here for those one on one connections, which are really not one on one because there's a whole bunch of people around um, and spirits (laughs) and energies and. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but yes, things coming as we're ready to receive them. And, you know, and sometimes something will come and it I'll think, okay, this is not, it's not time. And then, you know, a year later, it's just like, this is exactly what I need right in this moment. Why didn't I read this book a a year ago? Well, because I wouldn't have been able to synthesize it in the same way.
0: I think that's a skill, especially for, folks that are very open to new approaches and learning, and you have that very real sense of humility in your practice, I want to keep developing Mm -hmm. this ability. And obviously, I think there's a lot of energetic openness to be able to work with people one-on-one in this capacity. So how has it been, or I guess like how do you develop that skill of knowing, okay, this is interesting, but it's not right for me right now, or this Mm -hmm. isn't quite what I need right now?
1: Yeah. It just, we're inundated it, doesn't, it doesn't light me up. And then also just checking in with my guides, you know, I do make time to connect with them specifically, but I'm always hearing those voices saying, not like I'm hearing voices, but I'm, I'm, I'm knowing like, okay, this is not the right thing. Or, you know, try this later or listening to, if we're going to talk broadly, like just what my intuition is saying, which I think is very informed by my guides and honoring it, you know, not trying to put a square peg in a round hole kind of thing. So I feel like when I'm ready for my practice to deepen or for new, maybe there will be other gifts that I can't even anticipate right now that they will happen when I have sort of built the foundation to support them and mm-hmm. to do it in a way that is coming from a place of love and peace and connection and not out of a place of making money or i mean i like to make money i like to have food and a place to live and all of that great stuff and i think I feel like this work will be my main way of supporting myself in that way but i would do it even if I didn't make money. I mean, I I can't not do it now, Mm
0: -hmm. if that makes sense. It does make sense. And you spoke to kind of having those check-ins intuitively that are very much connected to your guides. What has been the importance of having a daily or regular practice for you, spiritual practice? Mm -hmm. I do think that,
1: you know, when I spoke about that dark time where I didn't feel like I could connect, I think I did sort of give up pretty quickly. Like I tried a few times and it wasn't working. So I was like, oh, that's not, it's not a a path for me anymore. I think having a regular practice is important because it's very grounding for me every day. And especially doing this work where you're essentially exchanging energy with other people. It's really important for me to be grounded and that grounding also, like, informs that humility, right? So Mm. I don't think that I could do this work in the pure way that I want to do it without having those practices. And also, you know, I feel immense gratitude to my guides because they are the reason that I'm able to do this. Like, they have chosen to work with me, through me, and so it is respectful and yes. to honor them and the the path that they chose because they chose they volunteered for me <laughs> so i need to honor their commitment to me by connecting with them and continually growing and and deepening my practices and just on a selfish note like i feel great when i do those things like yeah I'm- you know it It allows me to have a lot more perspective and to accept what I cannot change in some ways and then Mm. to really look at the ways that I can change things that are upsetting to me and to have the confidence to, to do that.
0: We'll be right back. There's still time to join Heather and I for a free interactive digital workshop this Friday evening, April 30th we're going to discuss energetic protection, connecting with your guides, and more. Follow the link in the show notes or go to Mighty Networks and search make backslash shift just like the podcast. And in case you can't make it, go ahead and follow that link anyway. Makeshift Network is a free online community dedicated to supporting you wherever you're at in your creative and spiritual practice. And you can catch the replay when you're in. See you soon
1: you know recently there've been many times when i've been like okay why did i choose to be a human like <laughs> like thinking of my dog who's just sleeping yes. 20 hours a day and being snuggled with constantly and i'm mm-hmm. like why didn't why would i do that <laughs> why would i do that instead of like have to be a human because being a human is like painful and messy and some of us are not here for good and peace and love and all of that stuff and but that's why right Mm. that's that's why I because that helper part of me that's like a core part of this spirit of mine and it's not gonna go away and so I've had to constantly figure out how to balance that need to be a healer and a helper with the grief of being a human because yeah There's a lot of that. There's a lot of pain. We lose other people that we love deeply. We see other humans doing horrible things to each other. And we live in a society that is full of structures that are very oppressive to everyone but white men. So So, it can be a lot. It can be really overwhelming.
0: It certainly can be. I think one of kind of the myths that the marketing of of spirituality seems to perpetuate is that we get to a certain point and then we're just healed and like everything is everything Glorious. is easy yeah yeah or um we have everything figured out and it's all just love and light and we can like manifest whatever we want at the drop of a hat and right. i wish it was that easy right
1: it doesn't <laughs> but, take into account all of those privileges and structures that because for some Absolutely. people, they, they could believe that very easily because if you're a white male who's doing the spiritual work and you're like, well, I'm enlightened and everything's great for me, it doesn't take into account all the suffering that still exists. Yes. And, you know, I this is something that I've just been thinking a lot about, like this idea of manifesting, because it's something that I definitely believe in, but I also don't believe that people manifest having a shitty life. You know, I don't right. man, I don't think people manifest not having a house to live in. I don't think that people manifest trauma.
0: Yeah. And also manifestation is a valuable tool. How does manifestation look different for someone that inherently has a lot of privileges? I was thinking about this when you were talking about feeling like, okay, you have this awareness that you have this ability as a healer and now there's no turning back. Sometimes it feels as though if we have the awareness, A, to heal and B, how our privilege allows us to move through the world and the spiritual Mm -hmm. world especially, there's then an obligation there to share that and to help other people understand it. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Yeah. I When I first realized that I could... Do this. I remember having a conversation or like getting these messages from my guides that said if you build a platform, you know, you have these privileges, you're a white, able bodied woman, mm-hmm. you have to use it to uplift everyone, not just yeah. yourself, not just white women, not just to really use that platform to educate, to Call in to, you know, and I'm still doing my own work. Like, this work is never going to end. We, it's so ingrained in us the patriarchy, white supremacy, all of that. And so I will make mistakes, and that's scary, but it's also necessary to learn, you Mm -hmm. know, like I need to make those mistakes. I need to question something that I've just always known to be true and then realizing, like, oh, that's not actually true and that's okay. And it's okay to change course and to say like, I was wrong and now I'm going to do
0: better. I think that's one of the most important things is to say, we're not going to be perfect at this and I'm always going to be learning and here's how I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And to just, and to just model that.
1: Yeah. Because the truth is I was talking this morning with a friend about the book the power which is a novel by Naomi Alderman and it's about how women all over the world they basically have electricity in their hands so now they're you're walking alone at night and some guy grabs you and you grab him and he gets electrocuted so suddenly we're not as women we're not targets and then there's this flip where mm. society starts to become matriarchal and it's like set way in the future and it's still problematic because there's still white supremacy. There's There are women who, you know, use this power the way that men would have used it against men. So, you know, thinking about how there's magic in the world, but we're not going to get superpowers. Zap right. all of this out, that it has to happen on an individual level level between the two people having a conversation and I do think I have a lot of issues with social media but there is this power to educate
0: mm-hmm. with it
1: to people who are open to it yes. and I'm not going to do that perfectly and I'm going to make mistakes but I I just feel pushed to like keep saying what needs to be said or sharing the people who are saying it much better than I ever mm-hmm. could amplifying their voices and my platform is pretty small right now, but I don't think that's always going to be the case. And I hope that it will be bigger just so that I can be someone who does have privilege to be able to amplify the voices of those that need to be heard. And they're not necessarily going to be my voice. It's not going to always be my voice. In fact, I would prefer it not be my voice, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that is an important consideration to have as white practitioners, as folks in the healing space. I did want to like circle back for a moment to spiritual hygiene or Mm -hmm. kind of creating like those energetic boundaries for ourselves. Because I think that's something that even for folks that don't, that are not mediums or don't identify as healers, but are sensitive to energy, who are empathic? Yes, that's really challenging right now.
1: Yes. <laughs> it really, really is. When something tragic happens for those folks, for empathetic, empathic people, it's we feel it. you know, we feel the fear, the sadness, the all of that. And if you have to feel all of that, it can be really hard to function so i mean for me the having my meditation practice is kind of like the core of that and you know there are different things that i do to protect myself energetically but i also don't want to be so protected that i can't then connect with mm. with those feelings like i i still need to be able to feel all of that i just sometimes it can be like really overwhelming and there are people who have abilities who aren't doing the protection and grounding. And so they're just kind of like they're out just shooting their energy everywhere without any control. And so, you know, it's possible that I was doing that too and just wasn't aware of it because I just wasn't tuned in. So, yeah, you know, I think you don't necessarily have to be a medium to Do the grounding and protection. It just helps me to be in the world, honestly, (laughs) to know that I have my guides with me. The way that I envision it is there's this rose quartz bubble around me. I don't know if you've ever seen Steven Universe, which is a children's animated show, which is incredible. And I think everyone should watch (laughs) it. But I was exposed to it because I have kids, and the main character, Steven, he's half. Gem, which is like an alien entity, and then he's half human. And so he has these powers. And his mother was Rose Quartz. Okay. There's like crystals. It's wonderful. It's like there's non-binary characters. There are LGBTQ plus themes. I mean, it's everything you would want if you're a progressive parent. We love to see it. And in a show. It's on Cartoon Network. And you can watch it on Hulu, I think. Steven Universe, I love you. So Rose Quartz was his mother's gem and her name. And when he was born, she couldn't exist anymore. So he has mm-hmm. taken on her gem. And when he he's trying to figure out what his power is, and it's this protective Rose Quartz bubble and shield that he has, and he is a helper. He just wants to be a helper, but he doesn't know how to work his powers and so that's kind of how, what I picture, right? When I'm mm-hmm. when I'm at the end of my day, I picture this rose quartz bubble going around me, my husband, my dog, my kids, our house, you know, and anyone who, you know, says to me, like, I need a little extra protection. Like, can you just think of me? I'll think of that
0: mm-hmm. um, bubble
1: around them. And, you know, maybe it's just my mind, but also I feel protected. I feel safe. And that's something that we don't get to experience all the time in the world. And so whatever w- feels like the right protect is the right protection for the individual.
0: Yeah, that's so much of the work that I do is not teaching people how to be intuitive or how to kind of work with their energy. It's just reassuring them that if they're already doing something that makes sense to them – Just keep doing that. Keep doing it. It doesn't have to look the way that anybody else does. Yes. That being said, (laughs) do you have a recommendation for someone who is like, oh, grounding, meditation, that is so new to me or that's something I struggle with? What do you recommend for someone that wants to get started with that practice? Sure. I recall
1: thinking, oh, I could never meditate because there's no way that I can quiet my mind. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that it's not about shutting off your brain, it's about being in each moment as it comes and noticing the things that come through. And some, and noticing then when you follow something, you know that comes through, and you're like, oh, let me let me go down this road. So maybe that's your grocery list, or maybe that's a moment like the one that I had with my grandmother, where we were together, and I just stayed in that moment, but still in the moment by moment. So I think for anyone who's wanting to start, I think guided meditation is a really good place to start because it takes some of that pressure away of being immediately, totally, you know, a blank slate of Zen the first time you do it. And it also helps you to stay in the moment. So I, I mean, I generally, I would say that I never am not having thoughts while I'm meditating, but I, I think also just like making space for it is really important and making space without expectation. So just saying like, this is, I'm going to take five minutes. I'm going to lay here. I'm going to listen to this guided meditation that is related to something that I'm trying to work through or work out or want to learn more about. You know, in the beginning, I would listen to guided meditations of like how to connect with your spirit guides. And I would listen to, you know, bodily pain that was manifesting because of stress and anxiety. And so I would listen to meditations about how to like connect with that pain and lessen that pain and you know because the mind body connection is so 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 deep apps like insight timer i mean youtube there are so many resources we live in this wonderful time where this is like not only acceptable but something that people are really seeking out and so I I would say, just like Aaron told me, when you need that resource, it mm-hmm. will present itself to you. So this might be, you know, that listening to this podcast might be the resource that you needed, or it might come in a few months or a year. I mean, you, it just, that openness, it will be here when I'm ready, I think is, is key.
0: That's so affirming to hear too, that you don't have to be good at it. You don't have to be totally Zen, like just making the space for it.
1: Mhm. My meditation teacher, the one that was mindfulness-based stress relief. Like a lot of people have done this. It's you know, we were in a conference room. Like it was not a spa or like a retreat. You know, it was a very it was based very much in science, mm-hmm. which I'm all for too because I think, you know, the more that we can have science to back up the things that are happening that we can't explain, it it helps to What's the word I want
0: to use? I think it builds a little bit of trust in those practices. Right. That's kind of
1: ephemeral. Right. Some credibility. Yes. But that's what she would say. Like she would say to us, what is being good at meditating? That there is no good. There Mm -hmm. is no bad. There just is. And each moment is another opportunity. And then it passes. And then there's the next and the next and the next.
0: And that's, I think, a beautiful result of meditation is being able to look at emotions and thoughts and kind of separate them from any kind of value judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's
1: just noticing. Mm -hmm. And I was someone before I did that who was very much trying to pre-plan every possible scenario that could ever happen for every thing in my life.
0: Doesn't sound like you have a Virgo placement at all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's exhausting. And then there's no room for anything else because you're constantly pre, my, my therapist calls it Mm pre-living. So I have to pre-live every scenario in my mind, which takes me away from living in the moment. And so um, anyone I think who struggles with anxiety, especially with that sort of pre-living, I think can really benefit from meditation because it trains you to pull yourself back into the moment. I still pre-live, you know, but then I can notice it. And, you know, for me, it's like, okay, take a deep breath and then notice my breath. And then I'm in the moment again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of creating space, what recommendations do you have for folks that want to kind of develop more of a relationship with their guides or ancestors? I know you mentioned you started initially using a guided meditation for that purpose. Mm -hmm. What other suggestions do you have?
1: I actually just posted a video on my Instagram that is just like a quick sort of tutorial for how to open that connection. And it's, again, it really just starts with the breath for me. Mm. I, you know, will take as many deep cleansing breaths as I need to, to feel like my whole body relax. And for me, I know I'm relaxed when my tongue is not on the roof of mm. my
0: mouth. Okay. That's a really good thing. That's tip. always the last to go. For I me. just and noticed I, that I was doing that. Now it's we like talking.
1: You know, it'll be like really lodged up there, and I'll be like, just relax your tongue. So, for me, that's the thing is noticing where my tongue is in my Mm -hmm. mouth. And then when I notice that I have relaxed that, then I just set that intention to connect with my guides. I call them my spirit team. You know, you can expand that to say my ancestors, ascended masters, some people say, or God energy, whatever, you know, whatever feels comfortable. I definitely don't think that there's a right thing to ask for and if something doesn't feel like energy that you understand or want or like resonates with you don't ask for that ask for yes. what be really specific and then again just getting quiet and then that that's when the noticing starts right so mm-hmm. you're noticing okay i'm seeing something my eyes are closed but i'm seeing like a door or a field or a person, and then I'm hearing something. And it's interesting because my guides, I don't know what their voice sounds like, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's not my voice and I hear words, but it's not a specific voice. So there's like a little bit of overlap for me in those clairs of clairaudient and claircognizant for me it's just like what do i need to know asking a question like what do i need to know today i'm sure even um i do that with my tarot cards too where i'll just do the deep breaths and i'll ask for my guides to come in and say okay i'm going to pull a card let you know to let me know like what do i need to know about today or what do i need to know about this meeting that i'm about to have or
0: yeah so one of the ways that i will try to regularly connect with my grandparents and i was there a couple weeks ago I usually stop by the mausoleum where they are buried. And I'm usually the only one there. And I have a lot of memories of going there with my mom. It has this very distinct smell. Mm -hmm. I think it's like some kind of maybe like insecticide they use because people used to bring fresh flowers. And then they had to stop doing that because of bugs. One of the last times I was there, I had my tarot deck with me. So I just like sat down and did a tarot reading with them.
1: For great. those that are listening, I'm very excited about this. Story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't really post about that at all. I, I feel like it's really important to have parts of our practices that we are, are just private. for us yes. and that we don't share with everyone. To me, like that's one of those spiritual and energetic boundaries that I yeah. have for myself.
1: I feel like that is good advice for life. You don't need to share every single thing with everybody. You know, it's important to keep some things for ourselves. It's important when we share those things, we are sharing part of ourselves with others. And again, like for our protection and for our own energetic filling of our own cup, like I think it's important to keep some of those things private. I mean, not that you have to keep it completely privately locked away, but like it doesn't necessarily need to be this public
0: mm-hmm. expression. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm just a regular lady. <laughs> you know, I'm a mom. I owned a home staging business. I'm just a normal person. For me, it was very confirming that mm-hmm. what I was experiencing was real and that it was possible to grow this practice. So that's been a really nice and unexpected side effect is that doing this work is also helping other people who feel called to do this work to deepen their practices because we need as many healers in this world as we can get.
0: I just think it's so empowering for other people to hear that those synchronicities, those coincidences... It's not just, as you put it very wonderfully, your brain having fun. Right. But those are meaningful. Those are information that your guides, divine, whatever language feels good to you, are are mm. trying to share with you if you're open to it.
1: Right. And even if you're not open to it, they're going to keep doing it. Mm. So they're going to keep doing it until you pay attention. And, you know, for some people, maybe that won't ever happen, but every one of us has guides that are working, sending us signs daily and whispering in our ear when we think like, oh, I just had a really great idea that came out of nowhere. Well, it wasn't out of nowhere and, (laughs) you know, but we're human. So it's very hard for us to, Ah. uh, you know, that again, like the humility is really important and it is something that for me took time. Like I couldn't have done this when I was younger. Cause I just did not have oh. the humility.
0: Well, and the other piece of that, and this is probably a conversation that we just do not have as much time for. Today. Right. The world's longest episode coming to you. I don't, I will do a three-part episode. Don't think I won't. <laughs> I have, um, <laughs> I feel like as women, and and just people more largely, we are socialized to discount our intuition mm-hmm. and our inner knowing. Yep. Yeah. And I, it's probably like a generational thing too. Like yes. my mom is incredibly supportive of the work that I do, but I know that it's very different for me to be doing this learning and having this practice where I am now and in this day and age than maybe it would have been for her.
1: Right. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And I think about my grandmother who was so intuitive and really just knew things. She wasn't able to express that in the way that I'm able to. And so she's, as a guide for me, is very supportive of me using these gifts to help people because she would try and do it, but she couldn't be, you know, she couldn't be as sort of overt as i'm able to be we're really living in a time where there is this awakening happening where people are really looking for seeking and tuning into their own it's all inside of us you know it's mm-hmm. not this great beyond it's right it's right here right in front of us so we just have to be open to it
0: yeah i imagine that's really healing for both of you. She gets to do that work.
1: Yes. You. Yeah. She's absolutely doing that work through me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's just through me. Like, She has a lot of grandchildren and I do think that many of us have some ability. Some of us maybe are embracing them more than others. She was just someone who, when she was alive, was just this wonderful light and like, saw the good in everyone almost to a fault, you know, like I'd be like, they're terrible. And she'd be like, oh, but they're so nice to me, honey. So, (laughs) you know, and that is what I want to bring more into the world is just leading with that love and kind of trying to see the best in every situation and how some good can come out of something. That's definitely her. That's her energy and that's huge for me. And for me it's like very healing because losing her, was so painful. And then realizing that I'd never lost her. She's always been right here is immensely comforting.
0: Yeah.
1: So I am working under the Healing Center DC umbrella, which is healingcenterdc.com. And that's where you can schedule with me for evidential mediumship readings, which is what we did this morning. I also have added spirit channeling. So to connect with your spirit guides and other light beings that are working for your highest good. There are people that are looking for that kind of guidance, you know, like your loved one, knows you intimately, they're gonna give you advice based on what they know about you, but they can't see the grand scheme of the world Mm -hmm. in the way that our guides can. So I do not identify as a psychic, but I do believe that your guides can give you, you know, that kind of advice. So I can channel that for you. Um and you can schedule again through the Healing Center DC website. And then on Instagram, which is where we do a live Reading every Thursday morning. And we usually do that between 10 and 1030 Eastern. And my Instagram is at Heather Visnesky P G H and Visnesky is spelled V-I-S-N-E-S-K-Y. It's not a very easy name. And then I also do offer life coaching. Really, I call myself an intuitive life coach because my guides are helping me with that too. All of these links are on my Instagram to schedule with me.
0: Thank you so much for joining me in this space. Your time, your energy, and your attention are precious resources, so I'm honored that you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a review, a rating, and share with a friend so other folks can hear about the incredible work that my guests are doing. You can find me on social media at LabOM917 and explore intuitive guidance sessions at AnnaEShink.com. Until next time, sending you lots of love.